Hi, I'm Nina Babel. I am the host and founder of the Keep It 100 Girl podcast, and I'm going to be chasing dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and you are listening to Chasing Dreams. And this is episode number 66, and with me is the lovely Nina Babel. She is the founder and host of the Keep It 100 Girl, an internationally known storytelling podcast, which discusses how to empower women and men to have open conversations about embarrassment in their lives with no filters. Women and men tell the truth, nothing but, even if it's 50 shades of gray. When she's not on the beach, she resides in the Washington, D.C. area, and we met last year over the summer. She is a fantastic person. She is lovely, and I've seen her take her Keep It 100 Girl idea, and it has evolved into something that has made me want her to come on the show and talk about it. Nina, how are you doing? Hey, Amy. I'm doing great, and thanks for that great intro. You are doing some amazing things with Keep It 100 Girl, and, you know, I don't... I, I think I was telling you off, off the air, I don't know why we haven't done this sooner, but I think this is why, because you have gone to a new level this year. I have. Thanks for noticing. You know, I think about the time that we met, which was at Podcast Movement in, uh, let's see, we're in 2016. 2015. Yes. Right. And, you know, I was green as ever, and I was just soaking up everyone, including yourself, had to say about having a podcast. And, you know, I was just like, I can do this. I can do this in six months, you know, launch. And it's been an experience and it's all good. I've learned so much. And I think the stage that I'm at now is like just reinventing myself. You know, I'm trying to think of different ways. And like you said, I'm always taking it to another level. You really are. And that's actually why I love it. I love what you're doing because you are no filter. And that's the one thing that caught my attention <laughs> last summer was what, when we were talking about what you're doing. Because back then there were YouTube videos that you were right. on and, and putting together. But let's backtrack that before I even met you. You know, where did this come from? Keep it 100, girl. Good question. My inspiration really stemmed from like this book that I've been writing or had on hold at the time. And when I think of my circle of friends, you know, people come to me because they know I'm going to give them that unfiltered answer, a piece of advice, girlfriendly advice, and um, tell you like it is. And I've always been that tell you like it is blunt personality. Sometimes most of the time with no filter, but I've learned, you know, how to massage that better. And I said, you know, when I think of all the trials and errors that I had as a woman, whether you're talking relationships, dating, 
um, sexual health, body image, you know, all the self-esteem issues that just women go through at all stages and ages of our life. You know, there was really no one there other like my mother only gave me the bare minimum. So, but the people that I relied on the most was my kind of extended family. And that's my girlfriends. So if they didn't know the answer, you know, I went to someone else who knew the answer. And, and then I became that person that people came to for that advice. And I said, you know, this is happening on a regular basis. Like I'm the 411 for everybody. So I need to like develop that 411 approach to something that's marketable, you know, to brand myself. And that's how, you know, this whole keep it 100 phenomenon um, is an urban term. So, but, you know, people will say when they want to keep something real or true, or they're keeping a story real, they'll say, you know, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. And then I was like, well, that's me right there. So how about adding a girl to the end and voila, there we go. And you've always, have you always had that keep it 100 mentality, tell it like it is? I mean, even at a young age, it's not easy to kind of do that. Or is that something that kind of grew from experience and life? I've always been a confident girl. I mean, I've had challenges. I've had times where that's been challenged, but um Definitely through life experiences, because I would consider myself very naive. I grew up very sheltered, so I didn't have a lot of exposure to, you know, whether it's being street smart or just evil people, because I always grew up with the same set of friends. We all got along. We didn't fight. So it was having, I remember like moving out on my own and just dealing with the world, you know, dealing with jealous people, dealing with evil people, people that are bad minded, small minded, you know, just kind of understanding there's more to the bubble that I lived in. I wasn't always that girl because when I think back, I used to talk like this, like very low. I can't and picture people it. Can hear. Yeah. And people would ask me to repeat myself. And well, how'd you grow out of that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's a really good question. How did I grow out of that? You know, as my dad, I was, and I grew up a lot of, I grew up around a lot of my male cousins. So, and I had a lot of male friends. So I almost feel like I took on like a male kind of sense of, I don't know, arrogance confidence, like one of the boys mm -hmm. type of thing. And mm, my dad really instilled in me to be a confident girl and how to be, I guess, and how to execute that. And once, you know, you start and you see results and you know, well, I can do it. I can. And then you tell your, you will yourself to do things. And I've always been that girl regardless. I've always knew that I can do something. And if you, if you doubted me or even mentioned to me that I can't, it made me want to do it even more. And then I just grew to be that person. Like I would always surprise my parents. Like, I wouldn't ask their permission. I'd be like, oh, by the way, did I tell you I'm going to London next week? And they're like, what? <laughs> or like, 
or, you know, did I tell you I got a new job? What? <laughs> you didn't even start low. Years. You just kind of just went for the big stuff, huh? Yeah, exactly. And they would always be like, what? And I always feel like, you know, I don't need your permission. I could do it. <laughs> and then even when I moved out from home, it's like, oh, did I tell you that I'm leaving for the States in like two weeks? What? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. And I get, a, I would get a high off of that. It's like, you know, it just wills me to do something bigger. And so the shock value I enjoy and, you know, when it comes to my podcast, it's the shock value of, oh, my God, she's talking about that. Like, these are questions. These are conversations people that are too shy, nervy or embarrassed to have. And I was embarrassed even to have them or I'd have them, you know, with my BFF or, you know, a close knit circle of friends. But there's a lot of things I've discovered about my own friends that I've known for ages that I didn't know until I started this podcast. So um, it's just been an interesting ride seeing other angles and sides of my friends that, I, you know, they never talked about. And see, that's it's reassuring one in the sense that you can go from someone who is shy to confident, you know, for anybody listening. It happens. Surround yourself. Yeah. Apparently around with people or, you know, do take classes or something. So you can do that. But what's impressive, actually, even more is I'm confident but I'm not even sure I could have the conversations you're having out in the open you know, as honest as you are having. Yeah. And I get that a lot from women. It's like, how did you get so comfortable talking about these things? And I go, because I didn't have it when you don't have it and you make some of the mistakes that I've done or anyone else, you want to ensure you want to pass the positivity. You want to ensure that someone like Amy, someone like Teresa, Someone like Julie does not make the same mistake if they're in the same scenario or they find themselves in the same scenario because it's it's bound to happen. We're females. We're all bonded. We're all connected. You were all I'm sure if five of us got in the room. Chances are we've all made that one mistake, but in different circumstances. So by talking about it makes you more hip to the game rather than playing that guessing game or repeating that mistake and not knowing how to fix it. So I, I'm not judgmental with anyone um, that I interview. I, I hear their story and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, shocking how they arrived at the decision or why they made the decision, but that's okay. It's the point is, is to share it so that people are more aware and there's a lot of things your mother didn't tell you. <laughs> and when you go out there, it's kind of like you feel like you have no clothes on. Like, oh, my God, why wasn't I prepared for this scenario? Well, and to your, and, to your point, that's right. Uh, the scenarios that people face today are different from what the scenarios were 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, um you know, I just try to bring those scenarios to light. Um, and like you said, the scenarios today, even though they might be different, I think it's it's the same but different. So it's just kind of recycled scenarios, but with a 21st century twist to it. Um, I think the most extreme of it all is probably this hookup culture. Like that existed before, right? We sure, used to yeah. term it as one night stands. 
but now it just seems like it's more rampant or more accepted or, you know, more common. people are more common and people like will tell you that's what they want. Or if you know you're on Tinder, that's what you're about. So before it's like people have one night stands, but not really share it. Or if they do, it's like, oh, I did it once because I was drunk or I just did it because, you know, I have needs. But now it's like, I don't want to be like people are outward about it. I don't want to be in a relationship or I just came out of a relationship, but I have needs. So this is the angle I'm taking or this is just how I roll. Well, and that's the interesting thing of what you're doing, because you're right before People thought of it kind of like a dirty secret almost. And yeah, like taboo-ish. Right? And they wouldn't talk about it. They keep it themselves or keep it to the close five people circle, right? The friends of their friends kind of people. And so now it's more accepted and not shameful, if you will. Not the, not I'm saying not judging anyone, right? This is just right. the <laughs> fact that perspectives have changed. And that's the thing about what you're doing, keeping it 100 is following those changes and you're kind of on top of it. So it's kind of breaking, it's almost like breaking news for taboo mm -hmm. topics. And the right. thing is you were doing it through a podcast last year. You were doing it actually through video YouTube and then right. podcast. And now you've actually evolved again in 2016. Can you talk a little bit about what's happening now? So I was like, I'm the type of person that I don't like to keep like, you know, it's that shock value again, right? Or just leveling up. I just don't like to say stagnant. So I was like, you know what? Now it's like, okay, I added another segment, a couple of new segments to my show. But then it's like, I have a few books that I'm getting ready to launch. And, you know, I offered up doing like a Keep 100 Girl Camp where I teach college girls or millennials had to level up their game. Um, and, you know, and it's that whole confidence that we talked about earlier mm -hmm. and learning to make better informed decisions without any regret, like being confident when you're faced in those awkward, whether it's socially awkward or sexually awkward situations and you know how to handle it going in. Cause your mother didn't tell you how to handle those situations. Or she might give you the skimmed version, but she the left out the version. emotional part. Yeah, exactly. But she left out the emotional part, the embarrassing parts, or just the post-scenario parts. I don't know. Just So th that's what I'm all about is informing girls on that. <laughs> and um, one of the first book that I want to launch. It's called Educating Her. What I wished someone told me before I started college to beyond, you know, graduation. And it's just helping women understand, look, college is going to be the best years of your life. Understand that. Take advantage of that. But I'm going to teach you from day one, but it's a game. Everything is a game from this point onwards in your life. And I'm going to school you on the game and how to game the game to your advantage. And then, you know, as far as post-college, let me set expectations when it comes to your first job, having a job, or deciding to work for yourself. Um, if I had been given the advice that I got 
five, six years ago in my 20s or 30s, like all the um, signals were there, but no one said, Nina, just based on what you're saying, you need to work for yourself. But now that I look back and all the things that I used to say out loud about personal freedom and not being tied down or working for somebody, it's like those were the makings of being an entrepreneur. I just didn't know how to execute it. So I'm teaching girls, you know, if this is what you want to do, there's nothing glamorous about it, best be told. (laughs) It's work. It's grind work. And unless you have a product or service to launch, then I wouldn't start out right away, I would use those resources at a Fortune 500 to get you there. And that's basically what I'm teaching or plan to teach women is how to use those resources from your employer to get to that point of being an entrepreneur. And then what your mother didn't tell you, but your girlfriend did, is just a whole umbrella series of my podcast. It's everything that I talk about on my podcast translated into that book, which I'm a Huffington Post contributor now. My first post was on that topic. And there will be other posts similar to that in that vein um, that I'll be contributing to Huffington Post as well. So now I'm moving into that, okay, taking my content from my podcast and reinventing it into a guest blog on online media. So in fact, today I just sat down and figured out what my next pitches were going to be and to whom. So that's what I'm trying to do. And then even on the podcast, I'm trying to pitch influencers now, right? It's like I'm taking it a step above, you know, regular people like you and I, and I want those influencers who are doing something and introducing um, listeners to their personal side. We know their public side, we know their celebrity side, but do we really know their personal side? So those are just some of the examples of where I'm going, hopefully by the end of 2016. (laughs) But that's the exciting thing. I mean, you went from just a simple podcast to taking it and leveling up and saying, hey, let me not just share these stories, let me help people by not just shining a spotlight, but educating. And you have a website, educatingher.com, and there's all the links um, to Nina's upcoming book and the things she's mentioning you can find on the show notes page. It's very exciting to see because, you know, uh, congratulations on the Huffington Post contributor honor. Thank That's you. amazing. And it's just another notch in your record of things that you're doing. And so I guess as you're kind of coming up and you, you're doing these things and you're looking ahead at what you have, how do you decide what your next step is going to be? I mean, the educating part, I get, I understand that. And I think some people listening would as well, but you've got the podcast, you're shining a light on, on the issues and being open about it, honest and true to yourself, right? Keeping it a hundred. And now you're educating (laughs) and you're sharing it through media posts and a book. How do you decide what to do next? Is Or is this it? And then now we're going to probably see you in, jumping in another avenue. <laughs> Good question, Amy. I love it. The next, so the books is going to take some doing. Oh, well, I'll tell you the next gen beyond the books or in, or in tandem with the books is online courses. So wow, 
if if people want to ingest specifics or exclusive content, an example would be maybe college students, you know, they're coming closer to graduation. They, well, what I'm trying to plug is creating that LinkedIn profile from day one, right? Don't wait until after your first internship or after your first summer job. Like, let's start it from Jump Street. So if you don't know how to create it or where to start, you know, there will be an online course where I lead and guide you through that. And then furthermore, as a bonus, either or they could have a one-on-one with me to do that, or I can come on site to their school, or I can have a studio open for a day where students could come in. A lot of students don't own a blouse or a suit. So there would be a wardrobe available for them to come in and take a headshot. And that would go on their LinkedIn profile. So, so it's a continuation of, it, it seems it's like a it's a continuation of your education initiative. Yeah. And, and I think that's how I'm thinking rather like reinvent something from ground zero to not ground zero, but from the ground up, it's easier for me to, use what I have and do like a next gen of that project. So where I see the next gen of what I'm doing now is through online courses. And also like in person or speaking engagements, um, you know, whether it's a mother daughter retreat, like that's where I see myself going like 2017 ish. So that's a lot of different projects that I gotta ask. Do you know how to do off the bat? I mean, how do you, if you don't, how do you, what are your steps to figuring that out? Um, like the whole, like planning of it or, or putting together visually? an online course or um, beginning a, a speaking career? So a couple of things. I invested in a life, uh, life career coach last year. Um, this was an influence, uh, Subi Zimmerman, influencer, Subi Zimmerman. And her and her team, um, I invested in myself six months worth of coaching to really understand, you know, what I was doing to where I wanted to go. And they gave me insight into some of the changes that I needed to make to get there. And, I, and they helped me with launching the podcast and my whole YouTube life. So after that, I think you have to target some influencers to watch and that's what I do. And I do reading like Pat Flynn's another big one, which I've watched him do what he does. Mm -hmm. And I target like book influencers. I don't know if that's a right term, but people who have been successful, not only with being an author, but using that same tactic of helping other authors launch an online course or launch their book or promote their book. And then I have also another, I've invested time also with Amber Aziza, who's another coach. So she's going to help me more with the online courses because I don't, I have an idea, but I don't think I'm proficient at it. And I think once I go through one or two cycles of it with her, then I feel like I can do it on my own. But I've kind of picked up bits and pieces along the way and developed a skeleton. But it's just the execution part, like the whole 
automation piece. Like if Amy opts in, then on day three, she gets this. On day four, she gets this. Sure, it's like the details. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with that flow. So it's, I feel like it's necessary in order for you to take yourself to the next level is um, connecting with an influencer who has coaching and because they've done it. They've done it multiple times. They do it with their eyes closed. So why struggle? It takes time to obviously watch videos and, and Google research and do it on your own. That's very time intensive and it's needed if when you have time, but I find like you can hit the hammer on the head or the nail on the head much easier by hiring if you have the means to hire a coach and do intensives, whether you do it for like five sessions or if you feel like you need three months. See, and I love that you are talking about this because some people don't think that's an option, that it's copying out of of sorts. And I love how you mentioned the fact that you invested in yourself. Now, when you made the decision to invest in yourself, though, was that a difficult decision to make? Well, I started, the first time I invested in myself was the Marie Folio B-School. And at first I was like, oh my God, (laughs) $2,000? That's a steal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because depending on the coach, I mean... You know, it could be double, triple that. Sure. And maybe less time. Yeah. Usually, usually they do it either on an hourly basis. They do it like once every two weeks, but you have access to them. So if you have a question or if you want to debrief them on something or if something you need an answer to, you know, they're open to your calls. But um yeah, usually it's once every two weeks you have like a formal walkthrough where you're driving with your coach, what you're working on, uh, where you need their help. And, you know, if they agree on the approach you're taking and if they don't, they'll tell you why and give you like a recommendation. But um, it's not necessary evil. It's like in order for you to be able to you, it's almost like you have an, a, a telescope pointing at you and someone is telling you you're either right or you're wrong or you're on the right track, but you need to do this little tweak. You're not going to make those assessments for yourself as far as you're concerned. This is what you're doing and that's the train you're on. But this person has an objective opinion, will see things that you aren't even aware of, will bring out the strengths that they see hidden beneath you um, will take you out of your comfort zone. So I think all of that is important because I don't think we'll do that on our own the same way that a coach would, or at least not as quickly anyway. I mean, that's actually a very good observation you make because sometimes we're more likely to be kinder to ourselves, even though we think we're not. Like, uh, you could probably could have pushed, you know, when you're, um, when you're working out sometimes, not to those who are, are opposite of what I'm about to say, but you know, you work out and you, you do 10 reps, but you know, if you had a personal trainer who's like a coach, right. And they make right. you do 12, 15. And it's like, I didn't think I could do that extra. They push you a little bit further mm-hmm. past that comfort zone. And I think that's what you've, you've done here because I mean, you've already 
you know, started these initiatives, started the book, you're, you're writing now for Huffington Post and the fact that you're already in the midst of planning for the online courses and the speaking circuit that you're going to kind of go through is amazing. And so let me ask you, if you had to think back as a what if, if you didn't have the coaching, if you didn't invest in yourself the way you did, how do you think things would be different besides oh, uh, totally. an obvious kind of thought, which is I'll it would, would have taken longer? I would have been spinning my wheels. Do you think you would have and given that's up? What I, no, it's just it would have taken me longer. I find that having a coach makes me like hyper-focused on one thing. I had the tendency of working on five things at a time. And I kind of fallen in that same trap. I just realized that kind of there again. And I need a voice that tells me one thing at a time. But I always, I think that was my downfall for the last two, three years is, well, I think part of it too is like I was building my brand and that mm -hmm. takes time. It took me a year to kind of figure out what direction I was going to take based on, you know, my Keep It 100 Girl brand. And then, you know, I feel like if I didn't have the coach, I wouldn't have had privy to meet a lot of people, whether it was in the social media circuit, circuit, other podcasters, like I wouldn't have had access to a lot of things and people that I do now. And so I think that has worked itself out and just becoming more like situationally aware of how people build their brands, looking at influencers and, and kind of building off what they're doing, like using the same execution strategy. And honestly, and they are one, like I remember Nathan Latka saying, you know, you should publish how many podcasts he publishes in a week. I think he does 15 minute episodes, but he'll like record like a boatload. I forget the number, but it's high. Now, when I tried releasing a daily podcast, it's not easy. Guys. That it's not easy. Mm -mm. That winded me for two weeks. I was like seeing stars by week one. I was like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> I will now, I can't say I won't never do this again, but I won't do it for two weeks. That was torture. But it goes to show you, you know, his stamina versus mine. <laughs> his episodes are only 15 minutes, but see, he will crank out 15-minute episodes over a weekend. And I'm just like, you know, it takes me. And that's the difference, right? You got to figure out what your threshold is. For me, I know for me to write an episode – and like from zero to 100, it takes me four hours. And that's only because, you know, I incorporate sound effects, music in my episodes. I write my script because I use that. It's called kind of a two for one because I use that because I know it's going to be content for the book and I don't want to have to start from scratch. So that's yeah, right. yeah, that's, that's so like, you know, I reach my 500 word goal a day or more. So that's kind of keeping me on target. It's just collating everything that's more intensive, time intensive. But to go back to your question, if I didn't choose a coach, 
I would be spinning my wheels and I would have no direction. I don't, I'm the type of person that goes to the gym because I need an instructor. I don't work. I can't work out on my own. I go to the gym. I invest in a gym membership. I am that person who needs to go to a class and have somebody say, Nina, spin harder. That's me. That's my personality. I acknowledge that. I know that about myself. And and that's actually a yeah. good point. People should um, don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare yourself to Nina. She's doing what works for her because she took time to figure out what works and doesn't work, right? Right. And I even find now, like, I get to these periods where I go through a, um, like, I hit a wall. And I don't know whether to go left or right. And now I feel like I'm at the point and you don't need a coach all year round. So if you're going to invest in one, do not do that for the whole year, unless you have Buku dollars, a coach is good. Maybe like one, twice a year for a period of time, just to kind of get you moving again, get those juices flowing again in the right direction. And then once you accomplished all those goals, then you circle back with them and say, okay, I've done ABCD three, through Z. And this is where I want to go next. Help me out. Or this is where I need your help. So now I'm at that point where I feel like, okay, it's time to get some coaching again, because I need somebody to just, um, what's the word? Keep me on track and just kind of keep me laser focused. Because right now, like I said earlier, I feel like I have too many things going on and I got to focus on really what I want to achieve by the end of the year, like have done. Which, you know, is a good thing too, because you're right. When you're off track, sometimes you need someone, a third party to come in and set it right. Yeah. And say what that definition of done is for 2016. And I always try to set goals. So whether it's for the month or for the week or for the day, I always have a list. So I did not, however, for October, I did not create my goals only because they've kind of carried over from September. But that kind of helps me level set and stay on track for that month. And that's a great idea. And guys, for anybody who's not necessarily looking down, but is, uh, you know, scoffing maybe or, or at the idea of coaching, Keep in mind, even Olympians have coaches. So yeah, I'm just saying, if Olympians have coaches, I have no problem with getting a coach for myself. So yeah. keep that yeah. in mind. But Nina, before we wrap up, got to ask you, because you, you've done so many things, we've seen you level up, we've seen you evolve. It seems appropriate to ask you, what would you tell someone who wants to chase their dreams? I would say start with a coach before you chase. because. Some people have a tendency to chase for too long. I'm a person that values her time. And so when time is lost, I like have angst over it. Mm. So if I had to look back, I would have enlisted a coach from the beginning just to kind of set set the expectations going forward. Instead, like I probably spun for about a year before I enlisted in or do a mastermind. Masterminds are really good. In fact, that's how I started. I started out with a mastermind. That way you can see what other people are doing. And I think that's how you learn more. 
once you see what other people are doing, what approach they took, how they went from zero to where they are, that gives you an understanding of, you know, where your path is, you know, in terms of going from zero to a hundred. So that would be my first suggestion is a mastermind or a coach. And it all depends what their exposure is. Like they've never had a business before. If they're just virgin to everything, Mm -hmm. then I would go the mastermind route. Don't go the coach route. Now, if you're in that stage where you have a website, you have a brand, you have a product or a service, you just don't know how to execute it online, then get a coach or go to a conference that focuses on your specific niche where you can meet like-minded people who are at the same stage you are or beyond, right? So it's good to get that range to see what other people are doing. And I think that was a big eye-opener to me at first. I was like, wow, these people are accomplished <laughs> so much. Right. You know, I was just in awe. And But again, I learned from, and even from you guys, when I went to PM, the podcast movement, it's like I soak up info when I talk to people. And that gets me motivated. So I would tell your listeners You'll get pumped up, motivated from people doing the same thing that you are, and they are going to encourage you to do the same thing because they're excited for you and they're, they'll always be willing to help. And that's always been the case with anyone I've met from Podcast Movement. In fact, this year I didn't even go to any workshops but Pat Flynn's because I was busy talking <laughs> in the foyer. Yeah. So I think, again, if you are in stage zero, invest in a conference or mastermind where you can meet like-minded people. If you have an established brand, but you're spinning, you have a website, you don't know where to begin, you don't have an online presence, you need help with that, then get a coach and figure out, okay, is it the social media part? It's, is it like the email marketing part, building that list that you need to start? And that's what everybody recommends. No matter what industry you're in, Building your email list is key, major key. And I'll end it right there. (laughs) Great advice, Nina. Thank you for keeping it 100 on this episode. And guys, definitely check out Nina's podcast and keep an eye on her. You're going to see her do some amazing things. So Nina, thank you once again for coming on. I had a fun time, Amy. Amy J. (laughs) Thanks for having me. And guys, that was Nina Babel of the Keep It 100 Girl podcast, who has some great advice that I am going to second. If you are stuck in a rut, find some help. Find your very own Yoda, whether it's in the form of a coach or a mastermind. There are resources out there that you can get to help you jumpstart your dream chase, okay? And if you don't know where to look, reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you and get on a call half hour, hour, whatever it takes to just kind of talk about what's going on and what you can do to get yourself jump started. Okay. We're heading towards the end of 2016 into 2017. And I don't want you stuck in a rut. Okay. If you have a dream out there, you need to be chasing it. You need to be going after it. And if guidance is what you need to do it, what's wrong with that? Right. Even Olympians needed coaches and they still do. Okay. Said it on the show, said saying it now. If you need a coach, mastermind, whatever, 
get one. I mean, who wants to say that the reason I'm not chasing my dreams is because I couldn't find help? There's a podcast to help you. This one. One you're listening to. Okay? So, guys, reach out to me if you need help. Otherwise, you can find all the links and things that Nina mentioned on the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 66. That's episode 66. Until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.